you're listening to That's the Industry Podcast, episode number 45. Today, you're going to hear from a four-time Emmy Award-winning TV host. You're also going to learn what it takes to get your dream job in the entertainment industry. And if you've been following me or this podcast for any amount of time, you know this applies to your industry regardless. And full disclosure, this interview was shot two years ago, and I wanted to share it because it has so much value in it. And so much has changed as well. My guest is in Los Angeles now pursuing his acting and his hosting. Obviously, I'm not in Los Angeles anymore. I am in Atlanta. But he has a podcast called The Chris Van Vliet Show, where he interviews pro wrestlers, athletes, critical thinkers, and business minds. All his links are going to be in the show notes below. Here we go. You're listening to That's the Industry with Thomas Jordan. That's the Industry with Thomas Jordan. The podcast that takes you inside all the aspects of the entertainment industry. Directly from the people who are making it happen. And now, your host, Thomas Jordan. What's going on, guys? Thomas Jordan here, yet with another interview. We are in Los Angeles with Chris Van Vliet. Huge four-time Emmy Award-winning entertainment reporter. He also used to sling goldfish, but now he's covering like the Golden Globes. I mean, how did that happen? We'll get into it, but it is awesome to have you here, man. I seriously appreciate you taking the time. Oh my God, thank you for uh, wanting to hang out with me. With me, thank you. (laughs) You possibly have the coolest gig ever. Like, yeah, I know you're an entertainment reporter out of Miami, but you also have a handful of other gigs as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm super, super fortunate to be able to do what I do as a day job uh, on a show called Deco Drive in Miami. Every single night, 7.30, we're live on the air talking about, like, entertainment stories, both local and national. But I get to do fun stuff like travel out here to Los Angeles, interview a lot of celebrities. I've basically been able to travel the world Uh, for my job and the whole thing for me was I wanted a job that I could be excited to go to every single day and then at the end of the day be proud of what I did and I feel good to be able to say that that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah flying to Paris to talk to Tom Cruise I say would be uh, pretty cool. Yeah that was that was definitely a career highlight for now. In the shadow of the Eiffel Tower it's Tom Cruise red carpet for Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah that was pretty cool because up till that point Tom Cruise was like at the top of the list of like people I wanted to interview but hadn't yet. And they're like, well, you're going to interview Tom Cruise and it's going to be in Paris. I'm like, well, can we leave right now? Yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. What was the one thing that you wanted to ask him that you couldn't ask him? So it was a red carpet interview. And as you know, you don't get a ton of time on red carpets. So there was about like 15 different questions that I wished I could ask him. Mm -hmm. And I thought since it's a red carpet, we're going to get like one question and then he was going to move on to the next person. I got like three minutes with him, and which was which is a long time in what we do. A ton of time, right? Uh, and he was so gracious with his time. He looks you in the eye when he talks to you. He shakes your hand. We posed for a photo afterwards. Like he couldn't have been better. Yeah. Um, and I, what, what I thought was interesting is I asked him like, "You've had this incredible career. You've played all these different roles. Like, what what else could you possibly do? Like, what what do you want your legacy to be remembered as?" And he's like. I never think about my legacy. I don't think about like the, the roles I'm doing in terms of how they'll be remembered. It's just, he goes, I just love film and I want to try something new every single time. That's awesome. And how, so did, before we get too ahead of, our, ahead of ourselves, like how did you get into the, all this? Like you didn't just like start 
you know, with the press junket circuit. Not a lot of people know what a press junket circuit is, but like, how did you start doing that? If we go like way back with this one, when I was four years old, I remember having a Fisher Price radio and I would pretend to be a radio broadcaster, like on the cassette tapes. I'm sure my mom still has them. Um, And I, I just always had this passion for television and broadcasting. And when I was in high school, our communications class, we actually made a television broadcast every single week. We would write out a three minute segment and then we would vote on what the best one was and then we'd break up into groups and then we'd shoot that segment. And I always happened to be the on-air person, like the person in front of the camera. And from there, I was just like, I, I love this. I love performing. I was the vice president of my student council. I did the morning announcements. I hosted talent shows. I just loved being out there and performing and getting that reaction out of a crowd. So when it came time to pick a college major, I'm like, I don't know, I'm 17 years old. I don't know what I want to do for the rest of my life, but that communication stuff was pretty fun. I love broadcasting. So I took communication studies in college. And while I was in college, I just had this, I had this epiphany in my senior year that when we woke up at the end of this, when we graduated, we're gonna have to wake up and go to work every single day for the next 40 or 50 years of our life. And I just didn't want to hate going to work every day. I didn't want to be one of those people who hated Sundays because they knew Monday was coming the next day. Mm -hmm. So I volunteered at every radio station. I reached out to ask if I could volunteer at radio stations in my college town, um, TV stations in my college town. Uh, And this one radio station is like, we don't take on volunteers, but how would you like a job? And I'm like, yeah, sure. Yeah. They're like, it only pays $8 an hour. I'm like, that's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it kind of all snowballed from there. Just getting that real world experience turned into me actually being able to get an internship and then the internship at a small station in Peterborough, Ontario turned into me getting an on-air job there. And I've just been so, so lucky to be able to do this basically from the day I graduated college till now. Yeah. Well, I think things are a little different now. These jobs are not very easy to come by. Yeah. the, The landscape of broadcasting is changing so much, as you know. And I think that we're going to be the last generation that does it the way that we're doing it right now, where you graduate from college, an internship turns into a job on TV, and then you do that for the rest of your career. You know, fingers crossed, of course. Mm -hmm. I think that it's shifting a lot. You know, you don't need to be on Fox and NBC and ABC and CBS in order to make it big. You can just have a camera like, like you have or like I have with my YouTube channel, and you can make way more money than anyone on any of those stations are making. Like they just they just released what people on YouTube are making. Like Logan Paul and them like right. $20 million. The top earners that Ryan kid that does the um the, the toy reviews. He makes $22 million. And he opens toys. He opens toys. So the, the the world is changing so much. The gatekeepers are no longer the networks. Like you have the control to put out there whatever you want. Do you feel like eventually that the ABC, NBCs, the CBSs are all going to go away and then the new line is going to be the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the YouTubes? I I don't know if it's going to shift that much because I still think there's a place for television with live sports and live events. Like that's what that's what really we watch live television, television for. I mean, television at all. We watch for live events or live news. Uh, so I don't know if, uh, if the networks are going to go away. They're going to figure out a different way to get those eyeballs to them because a lot of eyeballs are going elsewhere right now. Yeah, I'm really interesting to see like the big shift, especially with YouTube. But speaking of YouTube, uh, if I did my math right or as of the making of this video, you're right at like 57 million views. Yeah. That's a lot of views. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... 
it sounds like so many when you say that. Yeah. Uh, and then you, and then you go on YouTube and there's like cat videos that have like a billion views. Yeah. So 57 million views is like a drop in the bucket. But it's been cool that it all started out with me. I'm a wrestling fan, and it all started out with me interviewing wrestlers for the station I worked for in Cleveland. And we would air like 15, 20 seconds of that on TV. And I thought, well, I've just done a 15 minute interview. It would really suck if people don't see that other 14 and a half minutes. So I just started uploading the raws, the raw videos to YouTube. And next thing you know, like there's a real audience for that. And that's really the thing about YouTube is you can pitch such a niche thing on there. You could like love peanut butter on YouTube. Basket weaving. Whatever you want. And you could become the peanut butter basket weaving expert on YouTube uh, and you can make a whole career out of that. So I've been really fortunate that I love wrestling. I have access to these wrestlers uh, through my job and through the connections that I've made. Uh, some of these wrestlers have become my friends. So yeah, I put these interviews up on YouTube and uh, it, I'm, I'm blown away by how many people share the same interests as me. And you're on a first name basis with The Rock. Yeah, yeah that cool. that is pretty cool that, too, man. Which is mind blowing to me because The Rock was like my hero growing up. Yeah, and he's super nice, super humble too. He is. The Rock's a great dude. He lives not far from where I live in in South Florida as well. Of course, he lives in a much, much, much larger house. <laughs> Has he invited you over for a cheat meal yet? Yeah, I just I was like, hey, sorry, Dwayne, I can't make it. No, I wish, I wish. <laughs> That's all. And I know your niche on your YouTube channel is you interview wrestlers, but you actually had a very similar situation to this setup happen recently with another huge wrestler. In this very hotel. Yeah. Uh, I had checked in here, this is like two or three months ago. I checked into this hotel, I was like five minutes into the room and I hear someone like trying to get into my room, like trying their key card, trying the door handle and they can't get in. And I'm thinking, oh, it's, it's someone trying to clean my room or whatever. And then they keep trying and I'm like, this thing doesn't work, I can't believe this. And I, I'm like, well, let me just take care of the situation. So I go over the door, I look through the peephole, and it's Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> so I open up the door, I go, hey, you're in the wrong room, but I'm a big fan of yours. And he goes, I have to go pee so bad. Can I go pee here? So Diamond Dallas Page comes in my room, goes pee, and I go, hey, by the way, I've got this, uh, YouTube, I've got this YouTube channel. We should do an interview sometime. He goes, well, how about right now? And how about right now? Right, next thing you know, we set up the camera and 45 minutes later, we had a YouTube video. And it wasn't a fit like in interviews can go five, 10, depending on time, but at 45 minutes with, cause you're used to doing like anywhere between three and five minutes with, with celebrities. celebrities yeah. yeah. And you get 45 minutes with arguably one of the top 10 wrestlers of our time. And completely randomly and yeah. serendipitously. And, yeah. and you're like a huge wrestling fan as well. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. So it's completely unprepared and you don't really need to prepare for DDP because the man can tell a great story. Yeah. So I just kind of started off the conversation and he went. What was said is, can you talk about what was said after the camera turned off? Oh, we hung out for another hour. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, we, he showed uh, me and my buddy Jake was uh, behind the camera. He showed us some DDPY, uh, showing us these yoga moves. Uh, he made a Facebook video with me talking about how he tried to get into my room. He gave me his phone number. He gave me an advanced copy of his book. It was like, I, can't, I couldn't believe this was actually happening. That's insane. It is insane. Like then, you telling the story, it's like almost unbelievable. And the other day I had a missed call and I'm like, Diamond Dallas Page called oh. me. And he left a voicemail. He was like, 
Hey, what's up, bro? DDP. Hey, someone uh, ran into someone. They knew who you were. Just thought I'd give you a call and let you know. And I'm like, that's amazing. Yeah, dude. Like, as I keep talking about how cool your life is, do you know how cool your life is? I, I'm blown away. And it, you know, really just goes back to like, if there's something that you want to accomplish in your life, you can accomplish it. It's really that simple. If someone else is doing something that you want to do, then you can do it as well. So the way, the way I look at it is you find that thing and then you kind of reverse engineer back to where you are. You find out where they're at and then you go, what was the step before that and before that and before that and before that? And then you finally go back to where you are right now and go, okay, well, I know how to get there. And that's kind of where I'm at in my life. If there's something out there that I want to achieve, I think that it's possible. Has there been anything that you haven't been able to achieve yet? Or is there, I mean, because you've got some pretty solid gigs. Is there some, I mean, is what what's missing? I mean, I always thought that I'd be living out here in LA hosting some sort of national show by now. But I, The Rock, not to name drop here, but I remember asking... Dwayne. <laughs> I remember asking The Rock on the Ballers red carpet. You know, he plays a football or an ex-football player in Ballers. And I said, mm -hmm. it was your dream and your goal to be an NFL player and you didn't accomplish that like if you could go back and change something would you and he goes sometimes the best things in life are the things that don't happen hmm. and it's so true like sometimes you have your mind so focused on the thing that you think you want or the thing that you you know is your main goal in life and you're missing out on other great stuff on the side so for me I don't have any regrets about the jobs that I didn't get or uh, the jobs I might have been up for. Things are really good right now mm -hmm. um, with an incredible day job on Deco Drive. I'm living in South Florida. I never have to shovel snow again and I'm from Toronto, so that's a great thing. I've got the YouTube channel on the side. I'm running a fishing business that I started with my best friend uh, called Woo Tungsten. <laughs> you have to say it like that. Woo! Woo! <laughs> so I've got a lot, of, I got my hand in a lot of little things that I just love. And, you know, it goes back to like, Am I excited to do what I do every single day? Hell yeah. And am I proud of it at the end of the day? Also hell yeah. So what does a bad day for you look like? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we all have them, right? Yeah. Um, the reason I ask is because I know like even talking about it, like the glitz and the glam, it sounds so good, but there's like those times where it's not so good or like a lot of people have it bad right now. Like their time hasn't come yet. So they're like super frustrated. What would you say to them? I would say that... Uh, it's, it's gonna happen for you. Mm -hmm. If you're having a bad day right now, is it really a bad day or is it a bad five or 10 minutes? And I think that way too many people look at like a bad thing that happened in their day and forget about the other 25 things that weren't bad or the four things that were good in their day. Um, so I, I think when you ask me like, what's a bad day? I think that sometimes it's tough when you're on a time crunch. You know, we work in the news industry and sometimes it's tough when uh, you've got an interview that wraps up at six o'clock and you've got to be live at 6.30, somehow turning that around. It's not a bad day. Yeah. That's certainly a tough, tough situation that you're put into. But if you can look for the best and make the best out of every situation, you're never going to have a full bad day. Yeah. How important is it to surround yourself with good people? I think that, uh, you, you, what's, that what's that phrase? You're the uh, sum of the five people you spend the most mm -hmm. time with. Yeah. Some of my best friends are some of the best in the world at, at interviewing. You know, Jake Hamilton and Kevin McCarthy. And if you don't subscribe to them on YouTube, you should. I think they're the best celebrity interviews, interviewers in the world. And uh, it's because of them, actually, and their interview style that I wanted to push myself to get better with every interview. 
As, and when we weren't as close, when I first started doing Junkin interviews like eight years ago, and you see Jake Hamilton rolling up in like this well-tailored suit. Perfect do. Of course. And I was like in a t-shirt and jeans at the time. I'm like, hmm, they seem to be treating him better than they're treating me. Uh, so I was like, maybe, well, maybe I'll kind of pick up on that. And like when Kevin's getting these incredible viral moments and Jake as well, I just kind of went, there's something to this. And I think that uh, Tony Robbins always says success leaves clues. And if someone's doing something and they're super successful at it, maybe you don't completely copy what they're doing, but you can model off of them and you can take little bits and pieces of that and make it your own. And that's kind of what I've been trying to do. A, a little, little piece of Jake over here, a little piece of Ryan Seacrest over here. I'm a big Joe Rogan fan, a little bit of his relaxed style of interviewing. Um, Kevin McCarthy, yeah, all, everything. You take a little bit of all that and then you come out with, uh, with what you've got for yourself. And it's so funny because I picture, because I follow all you guys on Instagram. It's so funny. Do you feel, even though you did take things from Kevin McCarthy and Jake Hamilton, do you feel that you and Kevin pick on Jake a little bit? Oh, no. <laughs> now that's all in good fun. No, Kevin has this bit where he will take your name and turn it into a funny like pun bit. Like, you know, we're sitting on a Chris Fan seat right now because we were on our Chris Fan feet all day. Uh, but Jake's name is so easy to do this with, so it's possibly one of the funniest <laughs> things ever, especially because he go, he doesn't stop because there's I think it's all day when I think there's like five to eight like bits. Oh yeah, and Jake maybe looks a little frustrated. <laughs> and then as soon as the camera turns off, Jake busts out laughing, and Jake just knows that his position, his role in in that bit, is to be the guy who doesn't laugh. Yeah, and there's also another. There's a girl who's in there, Amanda. Uh -huh, I don't yeah. see I don't see, I don't see you guys picking on her at all. Oh, well, Amanda's too quick-witted. Amanda's yeah. come up with her own stuff. Yeah? Uh, if, you, uh, if you look at the comments that she puts on any of our Instagram photos, she's, she's, quick. she's probably the best at this. Really? And we're just trying to keep up with her. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Have you t and just to go back, because I wanted to bring that up so bad, because like, watching you guys interact on Instagram is, is hilarious, especially when Kevin gets on a roll. It's... <laughs> <laughs> super funny. <Pretty good. laughs> it's super funny. If you haven't seen it, you need to check it out. Um, but uh, what would you say? You said you became a better interview taking little things from Jake and uh, from Kevin. What did you take from Kevin? Uh, Kevin has this incredible knowledge of films. Yeah. Uh, Kevin could tell you the cinema cinematographer of a film that you know you forgot even existed from 1994 or something mm -hmm. like that. I think that that's the thing from Kevin is just his incredible passion and his knowledge for that. So like it forces me to study up so that if the conversation goes one way, I can follow the conversation. From Jake, Jake is just so good at asking questions that people have never been asked before. Mm. You'll never hear more, that's a good question, than in a Jake Hamilton interview. And he's so good at taking one line out of a film or one moment out of a film and twisting that around into some of the best content you've ever seen. What about Amanda? Amanda's energy is so infectious. And Amanda's really good at walking in the room and breaking the ice and getting the people to just kind of warm up to her, uh, which she's also very pretty, so that helps. <laughs> and none of us have that on her. <laughs> um, but I think that she's really good at being able to walk into the room and just turn it on and bring that energy. And that energy is infectious. And if you have big energy, then the people you're with are going to have big energy. Yeah. 
and you talk about viral moments with Kevin because like I've seen some of him with like Jamie Lee Curtis and like the glasses thing was like that's crazy. Man. I was sitting there watching that happen, and you're just like, oh my god! Please. And he even checked what the in with the cameras like. Please, he knew. Yes, he's like, please tell me the camera is rolling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when's the la- when was your last viral moment? Uh, it was earlier this year. Actually, my biggest YouTube video ever was with Donald Glover. We talked to him a couple days after his This Is America video dropped. Mm-hmm. We were talking to him for Solo. And I thought, no one really understands what's going on in the This Is America video. And everyone had their own interpretations and they were posting these videos about it. So I just kind of wanted him to kind of explain what was happening at the end. And so I asked him about Solo and then at the end of the interview I said, can you just kind of explain what's going on at the end of the This Is America video? And he goes, no, no, that's, I just don't even want to comment on it. And I said, well, is it open for interpretation? He's like, it's really, it's not for me to say. Basically saying like, it's art and you can take out of it what you want. So I just posted it on there and I said, Donald Glover doesn't want to explain that this is America video. And it got 7 million views in like two days. Holy crap. Yeah, it was crazy. Were you hitting the refresh button or did somebody be like, uh... I knew it was, a, I knew it was going to be like at least newsworthy. Yeah. I didn't know it would be viral, but I knew it would be newsworthy. So I posted it while I was waiting for my flight. And... By the time I had posted it to boarding my flight, which was like an hour, it had like 9,000 views, which for me is like a lot really yeah. quickly. And then I landed and it had like 150,000 views, like five hours later. And then I went to sleep and then it had like 2 million views or something. I'm like, okay. Like, <gasps> woo! Woo! I'm like, this is a thing. Yeah. yeah. So now, you know, now I have something like, like 20 videos with over a million views and like that's, that's not easily achievable no. in the YouTube world. No, but uh, what is, aside from going viral, what is probably the greatest compliment you've ever gotten from a celebrity? And who was it? From a celebrity? Because you do so many interviews and I feel like, you know, when they say, that is a great question. I feel like as a person asking the questions, that is one of the greatest compliments. It is. Although I feel like a lot of, uh, I feel like sometimes celebrities throw that out as just like a pat on the back. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good question. And they're also trying to buy themselves more time. Um. After I I'd interviewed The Miz a bunch of times, mm-hmm. and he'd, he'd become a friend of mine, and I text with him every once in a while, and I hadn't interviewed him in like a year. And then I interviewed him again, and we just had a really fun, like lively, energetic interview. And afterwards he goes, dude, that was like a lot of fun. Like, that was really good. Mm-hmm. And he meant it genuinely. Like cameras were off, and he just meant like, I've done a lot of not so great interviews, and this one was like, it was fun, man. Like you're really good at this. And that was like, wow. Thank you. Because yeah. I don't think Miz gives a ton of compliments either. Mm-hmm. So it was like, wow, that's, that, was, that meant a lot to me. So thanks, Miz. And it's interesting to see where his career's come because I saw him when he was with The Real World. Yeah. And when he was with The Real World, he was like, oh, I want to be a wrestler. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know how the reality TV thing, I was like, okay, buddy. Right. And then he kind of started to get into it. And then he really started to get into it. Now he's a champion. And I'm yeah. just like, holy, and he's hosting. Yeah. So does he ever come to you for hosting advice? Uh, no, Miz no. doesn't need any advice from no. me. He, he, <laughs> no. he's, he's doing fine on his own. Yeah. I mean, congratulations to him on everything. He's got the, the show on uh, the USA Network, Miz and Mrs. that's doing incredibly well as well. So, hey, congrats to him. Yeah, and you also, so being a host and a reporter and an anchor is translated to announcing as well. So you announce for wrestling as well. That's kind of just like my inner fan being able to come out. Like to be able to step foot into a wrestling ring when you're not really a wrestler 
is such a huge privilege that I do not take lightly. Yeah. So my friend uh, runs this company in Deerfield Beach, Florida called Blueprint Pro Wrestling. And he goes, you know, when we start this company up, we're going to need a ring announcer. And I'm like, of course, I'm your guy. Yeah, please. <laughs> that would have been hilarious if he had said that. He'd be like, do you know anybody? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So that's been so fun. We do it every couple months. We bring in some big wrestlers. And yeah, it's fun. I, I, I run the ropes and I get to be with the boys in the back and like, you know, feel like I'm one of the dudes. My friend, uh, Sarah, who we just interviewed, she uh, is a... I think she's a, I don't even know, she's not an announcer announcer, but she does interactions with the guys or whatever, and she does it with NXT. Oh, that's and she, cool. Yeah, she said, like, the, the guys are ginormous. Yes. Like, you're no small dude, and neither am I, but, like, these guys are huge. Yeah. And here's a little secret. If the guys aren't that big, and I'm, like, an average-sized human, uh, if you work for WWE, they make you stand split-legged, so, you could, so the interviewer is never taller oh. than the wrestler. Interesting. Yeah. So there's some like some of their backstage announcers are six foot or taller and they will stand with their legs spread out like, yeah. Really? Yeah. You should watch for it now. That is insane. It's pretty funny to see. <laughs> Did they tell that to you when no, you walked in? I, I just had noticed it. Huh. Yeah. That's crazy, man. What other, I mean, what else have you, has anything, because you've had so much experience, do you still feel like you're learning things? Oh, every single day. Really? Okay. I mean, if you're not learning, you're not growing. Mm. Uh, so every single day, maybe it's not a specific thing. I'm not going out and actively seeking something out every single day, but I read a lot, uh, and I think that that helps. I read a lot of uh, nonfiction, just trying to grow my mind, trying to get better. And I think the more that you learn, the better you can be, not just at your job, but just as being a human living in this world. Yeah. And how important is it, would you say, to create your own content nowadays? Oh, I think it's huge. I think that if you're doing a job like I'm doing in news, it's not just about the contract you've signed and the station that you're working for. You've created a brand for yourself. And I think it's important to have a very uh, good idea of what your brand is and be laser focused on what that brand is and try not to stray too much on that. Um, people tune in now to see what your brand is going to do and what value you can provide to other people. So I think that it's important to, uh, to create that brand. You can market yourself huge through Facebook and through Instagram and through YouTube. I mean, I never would have imagined if we had the same conversation five years ago and you told me that I would be able to put these videos on YouTube and have millions of people watch them, I'd be like, yeah, no way, man. No way, Thomas. That's crazy. Um, but that's just been, you know, by putting that out there and creating that brand and now people, if I don't put a wrestling interview up for a couple of weeks, people will like start DMing me and be like, Dude, when's the next wrestling interview? Like, it's been a while. Yeah. So it's it's interesting that you know you can create whatever you want to create now. And with your view, like when people reach out to you, do you have a lot of like companies and brands like sliding into your DMs? Like, hey, so we saw this. Can you help us with this, and we'll pay you this? Oh, I wish. Yeah. Uh, I, I've got a lot of like wrestling T-shirt companies that'll be uh, like, hey, can you wear a shirt in your next interview? And I'm like, sure, sure, yeah. Um, but I, no, I wish it was. I'm not. I'm not like. I'm not your traditional YouTuber. Mm. I'm a guy who does interviews that happens to post them on YouTube. Uh, it'd be great if I could turn this into something else, but at least for now, I'm putting them up there. There's Google AdSense, and that's about it. And how do you stay so humble? Because you're a pretty humble dude for what you get to do. That's very kind of you to say. Uh, thank you. I don't know. I'm, I just wake up thinking like how lucky I am to be able to do this. Like to, to sit in my dorm room in college and dream this up and now to be able to live it is 
crazy. And also be so aware of the fact that this could be taken away at any point in time. Like I've seen so many of my friends have these incredible great jobs and then I see them post something on social media that it's time to part ways, which sometimes means I got let go or our show got canceled. So it's just, I think that if you can first and foremost just be a good person, mm -hmm. I think you'll be more employable. Yeah, but you and we talked before about that dream job. You mentioned like that job or that show got canceled or somebody got let go or whatever. You've turned job. You have turned down dream jobs before. Well, with like because a lot of people in our field, the E's, the extras, the MTVs, and I and I've auditioned for all of them. Like, and I when I was in my twenties, and I I'm originally from Canada, so when I first started auditioning in the U.S., it was. E and extra in Access Hollywood. And I remember having an audition in Times Square for TRL. Like, I, it was me and one other guy were the final two to replace Damien Fahey on uh, TRL. Um, it was Carson, then Damien Fahey, and then they canceled the show. But it was like, I was that, I was so close. I was so close. But um, you talk about shows getting canceled, and it happened to me. I was, it was my second job. So I was a news reporter in a small town called Peterborough, Ontario. Mm -hmm driving 65 miles each way from uh, my hometown in Pickering, living at my parents' house, working at a pet store part-time in the fish department. Uh, selling goldfish. Selling goldfish. That's fish. where I got the yeah. goldfish thing from. I wasn't just saying that. Like, it's a real thing. Linking it all back. Yeah. So I was there for a year and a half, and then I got a job on MTV2 in Canada, in Vancouver. I packed up my 1995 Toyota Corolla, <laughs> and I drove from Toronto to Vancouver, which was a 46-hour drive. And I started this new life in Vancouver, hosting this amazing show called 969. And I was there for 11 months, and then our show got canceled. And the show had been on the air for 15 seasons. And we had a big media conglomerate buy out the big media conglomerate that I worked for. They merged together and needed to make some cuts. And they got rid of our company, or our show, I should say. And I was left there to go, what, what do I do next? And I'm in this new city that I don't really know anyone. My family's 46 hour drive away. And I had to basically pick up my new life that I just moved here, pack it back into that Toyota Corolla and drive all the way back home. And I was unemployed for seven months and it was absolutely terrifying. I was 24 years old and I thought, you know, I had this incredible job on a national show and it was all taken away from me. And I was so scared that that was the end of my TV career. And I just kept being super persistent and going after all these jobs and auditioning and calling people and making excuses to be in the city where their show was being done. And finally I got another job. But seven months of being unemployed was pretty terrifying, but also kind of put me in the situation that we're in now to be like, I appreciate this so mm -hmm, much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because, and I think as I get a little older, I start to understand a little bit because especially with like the ease, the access and everything like that. I mean, when you, I feel like when you work for those type of networks, you can't, you don't have the, I always talk about creative control yeah. and how much you actually lose. And I don't think people understand that until they get in that position because I mean, all this stuff you do, you've said that you've have a ton of creative control. Yeah. You can do your YouTube channel. If you were at an E and MTV, whatever it is, I don't think you would be able to do any of that. You'd be, they like own you. If, if, if you walked in the door and you already had that and they were hiring you because you had this, maybe. Because we're living in like this influencer world now. Mm -hmm. And if they were to hire an influencer and go, all right, you can't do that stuff that made you famous in the first place, uh, that wouldn't make any sense. But in the, you know, five years ago, yeah. 
you walked in and said, hey, I want to do this thing on the side, they'll be like, no, you can't. no, yeah. you're our property. Do you ever get lost in your own interview? While the interview's While happening? While the interview's happening. It's funny. Sometimes it doesn't feel like an interview as it's happening. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes like this, it's just a conversation yeah, yeah. and we're just hanging out. It's interesting sometimes to watch the interview back and you probably experienced this yourself. You go, I don't remember that. Yeah. I don't remember them saying that. And it's so funny how the human mind works and that could be a whole different tangent there. But it's so funny that like you can't remember specifics of a 20 minute, 30 minute, 40 minute interview. You'll just remember like, oh, he said this, this and this. Mm-hmm. And then you watch it back and go, oh, that was better than I, that little soundbite was way better than I imagined. So yeah, that's, that's definitely happened. Awesome, man. Well, dude, I seriously appreciate all your time that you've taken today and talked to us and everything. Um, If somebody just brand new to the industry or who's just starting, what would you say to that they came out there like, Chris, I've seen your YouTube videos. I know you do announcing. I know you're an entertainment reporter, like these junkets. Like, how do you do it? Like, where would you tell them to start? I would say figure out where you want to be and then work backwards from there. Uh, Figure out someone that you idolize, someone that has a job that you would like to have a job like and figure out how they got there. Uh, Reverse engineer it. So go, okay, they're here. Well, what was the step before that, before that, before that, before that, and kind of work backwards uh, and realize that your first step may be 17 steps behind where they are, but that they also took that first step. Um, So I would say find something, uh, find that goal and then do it with passion and don't stop until you get there. If someone else has achieved something, there's no reason that you can't achieve it too. Uh, you just have to figure out the way to do it. Not everyone's path is the same and no two paths will ever be the same, but you should figure out the way that works for you and don't stop until it happens. Awesome, man. It's such good info. And where can we find you online? It's just my name, at Chris Van Vliet, V-A-N-V-L-I-E-T. Uh, please subscribe to me on YouTube. Follow me on Instagram. All right, that does it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And I would love your help. This podcast is brand new, so I need all the help I can get. If you would, just subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star rating. I really, really would appreciate it. And last but not least, I got a little something for you. For the last 10 years, I have been writing, shooting, producing, editing my own video to get my dream job as an entertainment reporter in Los Angeles interviewing the stars. Now, that might not be your dream, but if you are in this industry and you are in this field, you are going to need to learn how to write, shoot, and edit, produce your own content. And now I want to personally train you on these skills so you can create your own journey and make money while doing so. So what I want you to do now is log on to Facebook and request to be in my private Facebook group, On Camera Professionals. Once again, it is called On Camera Professionals. But wait, Thomas, I really like your stuff. I really want to learn from you, but I don't want to be on camera. Don't worry. I got you covered. In this group, I'm going to be doing a live training, so that means live tips and tricks. I'm going to do giveaways, freebies, and I'm also going to do personalized training. So once again, log on to Facebook and type in On Camera Professionals, and I'll see you there.